Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. The Star Wars Sessions podcast. Part that he loves a good Star Wars session. Absolute legends of Star Wars Sessions. This is the way, this is the way. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is where the fun begins. Hello there, Star Wars Session Sickheads, and welcome to probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. It's Star Wars Sessions. Uh, this week, Matty Boy, used to hearing his glorious tones on the intro. Matty Boy's not well this week. He is down with the vid. Um, so standing in for Matty Boy, and we wish him all, all the best to get better, and hopefully he doesn't die or anything, but um, hope... <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll probably edit that out, to be honest. <laughs> But anyway, anyway, uh, joining me this week to help us in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon, I think that's what my boy says, it's, you, you've heard him quite a few times, I, 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 you probably love him, it's Josh Glover, aka Glover, um, how are you mate, you alright dude? Yeah, all good, thank you mate, it's good to be aboard the Essex Falcon. Yeah, um, oh. yeah, like yourself, I'm pretty sure Matt's called it out 183 times at least. Yeah, um, <laughs> I th- yeah, I no, think it's good to be here, mate. I think you're right. Yeah, this is episode 184. Just for reference, 184. That is a lot of episodes. Glover, how was your weekend, mate? Did you do anything Star Warsy? You can um, be on it. Do you know what I didn't? But I, I'm I am planning a Star Warsy weekend that involves Rogue One. Oh, um, what yeah. do you mean? Expand on that. So like, I'm going to dress up as a few of the characters and do a TikTok video in different angles. No, I'm joking, man. I just want to watch it. I, I wouldn't put it past you now because you've downloaded TikTok now. You've actually jumped yeah. on the bandwagon. Dude, I, I couldn't avoid it anymore. Uh, so I've avoided yeah. it for this long and now I've got it. Last night I was up until half one laughing at random dog videos. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, like, the plot thickens with that one. But yeah, I'm out on TikTok as well. Yeah, no, this weekend wasn't Star Wars. He really went for a walk in the woods. Went to a pub for a beer, <laughs> missed the football because I'd stupidly made arrangements before the football was meant to fall on that weekend. And um, yeah, that's that. Went for a walk in the woods. I think that's my favourite one, mate. Just me, my wife, and a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. On that note, uh, I'm I'm also joined by my brother who hasn't been on a show. I don't think in a while. Um, I think the first appearance of James was a Star Wars Sessions Extra back in 2019 on the Bly Day Night Special. Um, but anyway, he's here. James, say hello, mate. Ahoy, everybody. Ahoy. That's what you greet Sean, Matt's brother, with on LinkedIn. This, with, is, isn't it? this is exactly what I greet Sean with, yeah. Yeah, when you talk about all sorts of shenanigans. Don't you um, and Sean record things um <laughs> you have like a tally of things that matt has said throughout the podcast that could be interpreted in another way oh yeah yeah we we uh we send each other messages on linkedin the professional network of course uh <laughs> of things that matt has said that are um that are cheeky but unintentionally <laughs> cheeky yeah you know what i mean yeah. matt yes, has I do. this habit of saying these things but, yeah, but and he doesn't, not here he doesn't to hear it. That, are we? So, no, no, no we're, we're, we're here to talk about Andor. And I had a thought about Andor that I thought I'd like to kick off. Do you know oh. 
obviously he wanted to look for his sister, didn't he? Do you know why he never found his sister? Why? Because he was looking in older old places. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, We're, James has come out. He's come out swinging. He's come out swinging. The listeners are going to be loving this episode. Matt, Matt's away for five five minutes, and we're resorting to those jokes. No, fantastic, mate. Good job. Right, I, I suppose um, I can hear the the charms of Big Ben Kenobi in the background, Big Bell Kenobi, and uh, that must mean only one thing. Uh, it is the Galactic News Round. Star Wars Jedi Survivor is reportedly releasing on the 16th of March 2023. The Mandalorian Season 3 writers have been revealed, including Noah Claw. Uh, <laughs> 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 John Favreau and Dave Filoni. I could just think of like Jim Carrey doing the chorus. One. <laughs> and then there's Geek. That Geek who like ends up stepdadding his kid. He's like, oh, the claw's gonna get you. The claw's gonna get you, but it's like really lame. Sorry. There's probably something else we need to get on with. Right. <laughs> Hang on. Over to Clover. Thanks, James. Oh, you you keeping that one in? Am I just going? I'm going to keep it in, mate. I'm going to keep it in. The Acolytes. Oh, oh, no. What else is that thing, Clover? Dude, bong me again, man. The Acolyte star Daphne Keane has said that the series will see the Sith infiltrate the Jedi Order. And a first look at EA's latest Star Wars game, Jedi Survivor, will be coming to the Game Awards in Los Angeles this week on Thursday, the 8th of December. Hello, this is Ahmed Best. I am Jar Jar Binks in the prequels of Star Wars. And you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, which is probably the UK's best So this week on the sessions, we have a fantastic, fantastic topic. Uh, It's all about Andor season one and our overall thoughts. Uh, It's been a few days, few weeks since Andor has been on the telly. Lots of people have been talking about it, but maybe not as many people uh, around the world as we thought there'd be. Um, James obviously opened up the topic with a fantastic joke uh, a, a few minutes ago. Appreciate that. And then he proceeded to play with a little doll of Spock that's on his desk. So, I mean, that might tell you where his thoughts, his headspace on Andor is. Um, but James, you out, out of us two, obviously we've grown up together, um, out of the two of us, I'd think it's fair to say, generally, not always, but generally, I'm more optimistic than you. 
Um, and sometimes you are more telling me, yeah. <laughs> yes, I think so. I think so. I don't. I don't think yeah. that's unreasonable to say. But you know, we, we're we're different. We're wired differently. Yet we're really similar in some ways. Um, generally speaking, you're not as invested in Star Wars as I am. Again, I'd, I'd say that's probably hard, a... wouldn't it? Because this is yeah. you, you, you go on. About. But yeah, 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 yeah. I'm exactly. Invested. I'm a bit negative. Yeah, I get it. I get what. We're <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was into anyway. Star Wars on account of being a pessimist. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Right, James. After what's been for some people a rocky few years in Star Wars and maybe even pop culture, um, I'd say Star Wars has done really well with its shows. But and and I've always enjoyed watching them. You know, Mandalorian season two finale, the rescue when Luke turns up and rescues everyone. I remember you ringing me on that day, mm. that evening, and going, "Wow, like that was incredible. I, that was yeah, yeah. special. What did you think? That was amazing. It was, and that to me felt truly memorable. That felt like something huge had happened in pop culture, and we 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 had no idea it was going to happen until it happened. Um, but I think with Andor. There wasn't the same hype for a show like this, right? This is a show that, m- myself included, a lot of people thought, hey, we don't need this. This was like the Han Solo film announcement of the TV shows. Why do we need some random character in Rogue One? His background story to be explained in a show, not just a film, a whole show. What's this going to be about? As the weeks went on, I think this show just got more and more special. And I think your reaction out of all of them, your reaction, James, was, for me, one of the most interesting and also like entertaining because, like, you really enjoyed this. You really, really enjoyed this. Yeah, yeah, so, I did. I did. And just, just to follow up on your comment, right? Okay, yeah, there's been a lot of different, varied reactions to the Star Wars content in recent years. I actually enjoyed everything really some i enjoyed less than others but as a whole i really enjoyed it i did think that that finale of mando was was absolutely fantastic mm. but my expectation for andor was low the bar was mm. set very low because one day you're like oh there's this really amazing thing let's go see it you know it was on the on the island and he wanted to drag me through the fields with matt in the cold to to go stare <laughs> at nothing Right. So, hang on, James. More context to well, that. So, when all fairness, right? So, I wasn't <laughs> because you and Matt are like, oh, can you see that? This is groundbreaking, and can see nothing. Can see nothing. Couple is of it episode ex- one or two of Andrew you're talking about, James? Is this is right. So that's <laughs> Oregon. Okay. Yeah, great. That's that's lovely. That's fantastic. They were filming, they were filming over the road. Never happened to Luke. Also, Glover, like he did this to you, didn't he? Did he walk you through a field, like looking? We we, like, we belly crawled through a gated area um, while there was security wandering around the perimeter. How how can you be like? Yeah, and also for for the record, Luke is about as stealth as a sledgehammer through a window because we're trying to walk through this, this set, not looking like a couple of weirdos. And I was like, Luke, just act naturally. You don't have to talk to him because you could just be going up for 
looks on in camera. He's like, what's going on here then? In his creepy, weirdo voice. No wonder they hated us and asked us to go away. So, yeah, the bar was set pretty low. Right. So, for, for context, we're talking about when Andor has been filmed in Essex, right? Um, in two places. Corriton, opposite Canvey Island, which is where James lives, right? So, that's pretty cool. Andor was filmed only a few miles away from you. And then, if further down the road, West Hanning, filmed, it, it, it was filmed there as well. So, I dragged the boys along for that. Um, yeah, so you, you didn't have high expectations I for it, nah. had very low expectations. However... yeah. Um, I get it. I'm going to be honest, when it appeared, uh, Daggy, my lovely lady, she watched the first three episodes. I kind of semi-napped through the second episode. <laughs> watched the first one, napped a little bit through the second. Because I was tired, we've got a baby and so on. But then on the third one, I thought, oh, no, this is really good. And the thing that hit me was the pacing. It was a slower pacing. It was moodier. It was Blade Runner-esque, if I could sort of say that. And I liked where it was going. By episode four, I was getting really into it. And what I found with every single episode, I was getting more and more invested. I know criticisms are often, oh, it's a bit slow. Uh, But I also think that's what makes it different. I also think that's what, for me... um, I didn't want another sort of uh, bubblegum pop story, another sort of, uh, to, to use a, not that this is a, a negative, but like the Marvel films, you know, they're out there mm-hmm. in your face, they're very quick, fast-paced to keep your attention. Nothing wrong with that, but that's not the kind of storytelling that I always want. This was very different storytelling, very different from Mando, and I absolutely loved it. And because of that slower pace, I think it was able to build up the tension throughout the series that I think we'll talk about later anyway, like mm-hmm. nothing else that I've seen in the Star Wars world. Um, it, To me personally, just as an overall summary, it made Rogue One more important, which in turn makes A New Hope more important. And I think that is an amazing achievement, really. But anyway... No, I think that's that's incredible to hear, to be honest, mate. And I agree with you. I completely agree with you. Just because something like everyone knows I love The Mandalorian. I love Kenobi. I love Boba Fett, all for their own reasons, but I particularly love Mando. It doesn't mean that we need everything to be like Mando. It doesn't mean that. And Andor's shown us that. And I'm really, really glad that it's shown us that. You know, it's a different type of Star Wars content that. I think a lot of people have wanted but didn't necessarily know they wanted until they saw it. And I think for that exact reason, that's why um, some people just don't, like, gel with this show for whatever reason, right? It's it's because, yeah, it's, it's, it's different to what they love in Star Wars. And again... That's fine. It's not going to be for every, everyone. Not everything has to be for everyone. That's impossible. Um, now, let's move over to Glover, because Glove, you came to the um, special like premiere event in London with Matty Boy and I, and we saw the first three episodes together, which was incredible. That was magical. I loved doing that, and thank you again for joining us on that. Um, but with that in mind, right, you're going to be a little bit hyped for this show. Um Tell us about your initial thoughts on on Andor, mate. So this one for me, I've been hyped for this from day almost day one. 
um, mm. as soon as like way back when we was when you when you guys were looking at scouting out filming locations and it was a lot of stuff going on in the Essex area, mm. and then when we were belly crawling through Hanningfield, trying to get <laughs> trying to get a glimpse of anybody, walked through the little bit where they had all the trailers and the great big curry tent where they were cooking what was <laughs> definitely curry that day anyway. They might curry, not have had it yeah. every day. Um, so close like in spitting distance of all these stars we just couldn't get to see them so from day one I had this inbuilt hype like Andor could have come out been a total flop of a story and I'd still would have had a nostalgia element there for it just based on on like the pre-engagement efforts we went through um and then yeah so then leading up to when we went to the um the special screening as well it's another it's another aspect it's another box ticked in that nostalgia thing never done that for anything before certainly never had the opportunity to do do it for anything star wars most star wars movies i didn't even see in the cinemas the first time around um wow. so the majority of them i probably saw either on dvd or you know on a normal tv let's just say um so yeah this one straight off the cuff this one was already doing a lot in terms of resonating and then the story overall just gripped me found it like I, I love the gritty side of it the the kind of grown-up nature to it it was nice not to see any jedis um don't be wrong i love jedis but it's nice to expand the universe but actually expand the universe so don't expand the universe and but we still got to have the same elements of the universe involved that was nice just as a little a little break from everything we have seen um mm. you know there wasn't too much crossover of characters that, that we see in other things there still was like you had um What's her name? Mon Mothma. Mm. Um, but, you know, it wasn't overkilled. It wasn't overplayed. We didn't have to see any big characters. We didn't have to... I just think they straddled they, they straddled a line really nicely in keeping keeping it toned down and keeping it its own show while it was still a Star Wars. And the way it was done, I think it was finessed really well. I love the way the show had several arcs, the way they broke that those 12 episodes down. Um, into their own kind of little arcs. I, I just think it worked really well overall. Really impressed. Really happy. Well, you've you've mentioned two really really good things there, mate. And I'll pick up on one. And it's that there's not really a presence of Jedi. Do you know what I mean? And for me, that just I think it is refreshing to see that, particularly because the Jedi. This we all know Star Wars is about you know Jedi, right? We we understand that the Force is at the center of everything. But to expand on the mythology to show that, well, yeah, this is still a galaxy full of billions or trillions and trillions of people and species and creatures, and not everyone is a Jedi. It's like, well, yeah, that's what is taught in the main films. That's what's taught in the prequels of the originals and the sequels, is that really these people that can move stuff around with their with their mind, with their soul, whatever, like, yeah, they're a special breed of people. And Andor is just a reminder that, like, there's a lot of normals, you know, that have to fight for what, you know, what is freedom, for what is justice in their universe. And I liked it. I liked it. And I liked that there was so much nuance, even in the arcs. It's not that Andor's just a good guy. Yeah. He's just a survivor, isn't he? He's just like trying to, yeah. you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of that as well. And I think that adds to the show. That makes him quite an intriguing character because you're like, how does he, we know where he ends up right and that's the thing with a prequel we know what we know what happens to him we know that he dies saving the galaxy what? and he doesn't even, he does, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> i 
doesn't. He doesn't even know that he's 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 saved the galaxy. He's just kind of got. Do you reckon anyone's listening up there? They're like, but yeah, this is I the thing that. as well. He's not even really that much of a good guy, is he? You can see that he's screwed over a lot of people that that should really you'd assume were his friends. He's clearly exactly. used people to get to get what he wants or to get by. But the Love best heroes are flawed. You know, it's that's what makes it really mm. good good writing, isn't it? Yes, exactly, exactly. Another good point. Now, uh, Glove Munch, you just mentioned like arcs, right? And the fact that this show was divided up into different arcs. Um, I thought that was a really clever way to go about this type of storytelling. And actually, it's it's something that we're, we're quite familiar with in Star Wars because we see a lot in animation. Clone Wars, Rebels, they divide up the seasons into arcs. Um, and I love that. I loved seeing it in Andor. We have the the initial arc, kind of like the baby, the baby um, Cassian Andor on his native home planet, and then the Ferrex arc. I think that's what people are calling it. That's the one we saw at the launch event in in London, Glover. Um, yeah. And then you've got the Aldani arc, kind of like this. You know, what are they doing? Like uh a rob robbing a bank sort of arc, isn't it? A military sort of operation. And heist arc. Yeah, heist, that's it. Thank you. And then you've got like a, a bridge episode, and then you've got the prison arc, and then the, the finale episodes, which is kind of like a two-part of finale. Um, out of all the arcs, including all of those, the standalone episode, the finale, the prison arc, Aldani, Ferrix, um, what arcs stand out to you guys and and why? James, what do you think? I think it's the politics sort of behind it all that really that builds up for me. It reminds me a little bit of like the Hunger Games, you know, the way that you begin to see like the little hints of rebellion because mm. they're being, you know, you're being told one story. No, this will never happen. This will never happen. But when she's on the train and uh, um, she's like, oh, Peter. And she's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Peter. <laughs> it's kind of Lois Griffin saying Peter. Isn't it? But anyway, I digress. She's staring out the window, thinking, oh, I'm sad. And she sees like the little flashes of rebellion. And it's a little yeah. bit like that. It's that very slow build up. It's Mom Mothma doing all those things that really no one fully knows the full picture. Um, and then mm-hmm. as it sort of culminates, I think the speech as well towards the end of the series, uh, Cassian's mm-hmm. old, old Mama's speech, I thought that was uh, just quite a powerful moment. And I really, I really thought that was fantastic. And what was and what was your favourite episode arc out of like the? So you've got like the episode three episode ten is oh okay. well I you say say that I I don't know I get confused which arcs which because to me <laughs> I was looking at the whole story and I know you broke yeah. it down but I've already forgot what you said. I loved episode 10 when Gollum turns around and can't swim and it just made me lose it. I was like, no, no. And I was, I was messaging my friends. Um, when Gollum, when Gollum turns around. I can't swim. <laughs> oh, my word. Which is what a is lie. We know, he, we know he can. Because he was yeah. following him from day one up the river, so... He was floating on that bit of tree bark. Was he? Was 
<laughs> but yeah, I agree. He definitely can swim. Yeah. Uh, Glo- <laughs> Glover, what, what was your favourite episode? And, and are you aware of what an episodic arc is? Yeah. So my favourite arc was actually the prison break arc. So the whole thing, loved it. Um, and what I enjoy with storytelling is when they show you something, they make it kind of obvious. But so, so I'll just go straight into it. Yeah, the boots. So straight away you could see that. Okay, so they're wearing the boots. They can't get electrified or fried, whatever it is, from the floor. Mm. So you see straight away, and all the boots are everywhere on those on those pods that they can just pick up and put on. So you think, yeah. right, we know he's going to escape. He's going to break out. He's going to do something. He's going to get some boots, and that's how he's going to get out. And that ain't even what happened. And the fact that that isn't what happened makes it even better because when they actually did the prison break, all of the prisoners stayed barefoot. They just turned off all the, all the circuitry and didn't let the floors work. So they didn't all go and put on boots straight away. So some things like that as well. That's not why I like the arc. That was just a little added bonus thing that I liked. Um, but that whole arc in itself was brilliant. Favourite episode, again, uh, similar to James, it was when Caesar from Planet of the Apes got to the end of the bit and he was like, I can't swim. <laughs> and it just like heart wrencher. Tia Jerker is brilliant, absolutely brilliantly done. Yeah, I think the prisoner arc um, was sensational. You know, I said episode ten for me was was faultless. Like it's just, and not even talking about like Star Wars, like just in general fantasy or fiction, because there isn't really loads about this show and we'll get to this later but there's not loads about this show that feels fantasy you know like traditionally star wars the skywalker saga and even the mandalorian it's it feels fantasy right it's space fantasy science fantasy it's kind of its own genre uh whereas andor feels like science fiction right is it me or does yeah. it, it no no if, i agree i agree yeah. This, um yeah this held its own outside of the fantasy without yeah that. And I think that's good because that's what the show's going for. It's going for that sort of realist kind of perspective on the galaxy far, far away. And there's a lot of social commentary going on. But that 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 prisoner arc, I you know, that slow build up, like what we've said, that slow build up to eventually people just you know rebelling, and it's done so well. You know, these concepts aren't rocket science. The heist, it's not rocket science. That is not a complex story. The escaping from prison, that's not a complex story. But the way, the nuance and the the just sheer quality of the production of Andor, it makes these arcs so captivating for someone like me, right? And again, I'm, you know, I'm reiterating that this show, I, I know this show isn't for everyone and that's fine. But for me, I, I just, I, I loved it. And I wonder if for those people that didn't love this show as much as, you know, from the sounds of it, we did. Um, I wonder if they rewatched it now. Now the whole series is out. If they could like binge it on like a weekend or a week, you know, maybe they might feel a little bit better about it instead of that weekly sort of format that that, that was that was with Andor because I get the frustration. Yeah, but for me, free, free a week would have been nice. That would have been nice. Yeah, that would have been nice. James, you didn't you say something like, uh, I mean, we've said science fiction, but like, didn't you say something that, um, like, this was your favorite bit of science fiction in a, yeah. in a while or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I did. Um, I think. Yeah, as a whole, because I wasn't really comparing it to other Star Wars series. I was really comparing it to 
other science fiction series that I've been watching over the last, right. I'd say last 10 years. I've not seen anything that really hit me uh, as hard as this, the series go. I really was quite mm-hmm. blown away by it. Um, I, I can't really think of anything um, comparable. I really, I, I remember when they were announcing the second Blade Runner film, and I, I'm a big Blade Runner fan of the original film, and of 80s sci-fi in general. And the idea of like a, a Blade Runner series, you know, a slow, moody, you know, wet, neon lit series is just, you know, goals, isn't it? I absolutely love that concept. Uh, but we've not had anything really like that. Um, whereas this, for me, really ticks that, uh, ticks that box. I even like the soundtrack. You know, there was a bit of an 80s vibe to the soundtrack. The the look and feel reminded me of, like, early... I think, like, the outfits, Logan's Run style. So that sort of late 70s, uh, 80s look, you know. Mm. Um, it just... Yeah, I, I really, really liked it. And it is that depth. This wasn't a bubblegum pop series. I don't think it was designed to appeal to everybody. That's why I'm mm-hmm. perfectly okay that some people don't like it. That's all right. Because if everyone did like it, it would probably have to have compromised too much. And it's one of those things that would maybe go down. Time will probably be quite kind to this series. And it'll be regarded as a cult classic. As a lot of films that are cult classics often don't do well initially on launch. But as time goes on, they're loved more and more. And I can see Andor being that. Mate, that is such a good comment. That's such a good, such a good perspective. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I 100% agree agree with you. Um, I loved your point about like Blade Runner. Um, this show, particularly that first episode, when I watched it, I think I described it to you and Dags as that. Do you remember? I think I was like, guys, you got to watch Andor. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I can't tell you like loads about it, but like, think Blade Runner but a TV show do you think right when Tony Gilroy and Kathy Kennedy when these guys were making this show do you think at any point they used something like Blade Runner as a reference like as as a I don't know like a sample for what they could make here I mean it must be when you look at that first episode and some of the visuals there. The other one that I thought, because if you watch a lot of breakdown videos, you see Kotor referenced a lot. So uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. Obviously for our generation, Kotor was a big deal. When there mm-hmm. weren't Star Wars movies coming out or wasn't a lot of Star Wars buzz, there was still that game being played. And it's it's now a very collectible game. It's a game that people still hunt for and is still very popular on the original Xbox. Um, and there is a lot of visuals and concepts from that that you begin to see because actually KOTOR filled in a lot of gaps. You saw a lot more of uh, like day-to-day life in, in the sort of lower depths of Coruscant and so on. And I wonder if that also, along with sort of that Blade Runner look, were both were both influences. That's a, again another good point. Another good point, James. You've got notes, haven't you, mate? Spoil it. I'm going to spoil yeah, it too. It'd be good to see, like, to get some kind of an insight on the behind the scenes of of how they put it all together. You know, yeah, like something like, a bit deeper than an art of book. You know, something right, that goes well, into the writing as well. 
Yeah, I mean, historically speaking, Disney as just a distribution studio, right? They're usually very tight-lipped on that sort of thing for whatever reason. They do, they just don't don't share it. Um, but yeah, I'd love to have more visibility on the behind the scenes, but I'd love that in all of the Star Wars projects. Yeah. I, I hope they do like a Disney gallery for it. Do you remember they've been releasing like the behind the scenes stuff for the Mandalorian under this stupid, stupid name called like Disney gallery hyphen. It makes you wonder yeah. would they have done it for Andor because the Mandalorian, they knew it was going to be big when they made it, didn't they? That's true, I suppose. Yeah, but when you look I at think, the market inside of it as well, um, from from what I've heard though, the Mandalorian was bigger than what Disney thought it was going to be. Like they didn't quite; they thought it'd be successful, but it was a lot bigger than what they thought it ended up being. They were like, "Oh wow, no, this is this is surprisingly really big." I think with Andor, I can't help but feel like. Like uh, James mentioned something a second ago that was really good. It's like they didn't, it's like they knew that not everyone was going to like this, and that's okay. That's fine. And I think that that you can't do that with a film, like a pop culture film. Like you're not going to ever be able to do that with a Star Wars film. You're not ever going to be able to do that with a lot of pop culture films, whether it's Marvel, whether it's sci fi, fantasy, Lord of the Rings, whatever. It needs to smash it out of the park. You need to bring in as much money as possible with streaming. It's not always like that, is it? So you can no, afford yeah. the risk. Unless you're right? Netflix, because uh, yeah. you know, they'll just cancel you, won't they? But no, no, yeah, as well. Um, if, you, if you tell a good enough story, and like what, with what James said, it's going to age well. It's going to become a cult classic. If the story's there, the bones are there, the foundation's there, you don't need to please everyone. You just need to please the right people, and Spot they're going to be the people that keep it at the top place, or Spot in on. a top place. Um, Spot on, mate. One minor point on the writing that I forgot to mention on on the prison scene that I just want to bring out. Um, mm. Frying prisoners alone isn't going to be enough to keep them in check and to keep them working. Whoever thought of the idea of the they get flavour in their food if they're the successful, if they're the, the you know the most productive workers, that is genius. Great point. Great point. Yeah, it's a way of controlling people, isn't it? You know, and I, I think, again, there's some social commentary in that. You know, a lot of people around the world, um, they are content with their little bit in life. And as long as they get their bit of flavor in life, then that's fine. And I think, I do think there is some of that like metaphor, metaphorical writing going on in Andor. I think Tony Gilroy has, has consciously done that um, because that's what this show is about at the end of the day. So, yeah, that's a quality point there, Glover. Um, one thing about the behind the scenes that's been interesting, it's come out, I think, only like last week, you know, but like at one point in the finale, um, Fiona Shaw's character, Cassian Andor, Marva Andor, gives that 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 big speech. James mentioned it earlier, like, and it empowers people, inspires people to go and fight the Empire. In fact, she says, fight the Empire. And I'm pretty sure that's like the last line of her speech, fight the Empire. Um, in the original script, it's come out that that was originally a different F word. Uh, we are a family-friendly show, and I wouldn't say that anyway, but like, yeah, um, it was meant to be a swear word, believe it or not. And there is or there, there is a swear word, uh, the, the S word, um, in, what is it again? Like the third episode of Andor? Yeah, the third episode of Andor. So there is that more leaning towards like an adult thing. There was one towards the end as well, wasn't there? In yes, that there right, was. In that bit, yeah. 
Yes, there was. Yeah, there was. Now, for me, I don't want Star Wars to ever lean too much into that adult genre. I don't think Star Wars belongs in the adult genre. Um, I don't want a 15 or 16, whatever they call it in the US. Um, R. R-rated. Yeah, I don't want that. That's, That's not what Star Wars is as an IP. I still think Star Wars can explore you know, the spectrum of themes and the spectrum of different ideas and concepts without, in my opinion, for something like Star Wars, cheapening its brand. Yeah. Um, where where do you stand with that? Do you, do you think it was, a, it was a good thing that they, you know, changed the script and went, yeah, no, we're going to keep it to fight the Empire? And um, what do you think of the other more mature choices in and or uh for me if the thing is they stood out so if they stood out mm. then it wasn't finessed so if it wasn't finessed then it didn't belong there um there's yeah. a lot of shows you can watch and 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 you'll get it and it it just does you don't even notice if you notice it, it stands out i don't think it belongs and yeah in star wars it doesn't really belong um so with that right. change that they made i think that's a good shout i don't think it was needed um was it ah. missed no would it have stood out even more if it was there yes and then it takes mm-hmm. you out of the story. And then all of a sudden your suspension of disbelief is gone because you're now thinking, they just dropped a swear in a Star War. Yeah. Now you're out of the story, you're no longer you're no longer engrossed. That's my opinion anyway. Because even with the third episode of Andor, where there is a swear word, um, like I, I I think half the discussion online was that, oh my days, like there's a swear word in Star Wars. And it's like but that's not what this episode is about. Do you know it's what I mean? That's, away, what, isn't it? that's what people are talking about. And I, I always think, nah, that for me, that's a mistake, especially when things like the Mandalorian and Star Wars in general, Star Wars Rebels does a great job of literally ma- making up swear words, making up like curse words in the Star Wars vernacular, in the Star Wars kind of uh, yeah, flavor, you know? And it is family friendly but i suppose that's where andor is kind of like treading in some regards is treading more towards an adult themed show a mature show that is for adults like i can't imagine loads of kids watching and 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 enjoying this what what do you think what sort of age range Uh, i think a lot of kids it depends on the age range doesn't it yeah i suppose and it depends they can enjoy it they're gonna appreciate it <laughs> is that is that your uh, my niece, James? You're going to make her appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, to be honest, it's you know she'd appreciate a a bit of fluff if it was there to play with. She don't. She's at this point in her life. So. Just, uh, just, just, just for context, she's not even one yet, my niece. So, that, so she's not just like a sixteen-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I hear you. I hear. You. I, I think some kids will like this, but I can't imagine a lot of younguns like loving this. I think teens maybe, but it is, it is niche. And uh, you know, there are lots of adults that don't even like this, right? So it, it, it's. It's it's about acknowledging that, and we've already mentioned it, but like acknowledging that, yeah, this is not for everyone, and that's absolutely fine. Um, how do you think a show like Andor matches up with its Star Wars predecessors? We've mentioned um, myself mostly mentioned The Mandalorian a, lo- a million times today, um, but like think of Boba Fett, the Book of Boba Fett, 
Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, these are all pretty big shows, particularly Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, online. That was a huge show. Um, Mandalorian, one of streaming's largest shows. Uh, and Boba Fett, the outlier, a little bit. But, you know, I have a love for Boba Fett, and a lot of people have a love for Boba Fett, but maybe not the fan favorite people are expecting. How do you think something like Andor matches up against shows like this? What do you think, James? Um, it's different, different audience. Uh, I think Disney's been, you know, Disney's out there at the end of the day to make some cash. And yeah. they're producing shows for different audiences to please as many of their customers as possible, which is good business. And um, yeah, it's 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 not necessarily comparable because it's trying to do something different. Um, so, but it works within that ecosystem of Star Wars, I think. Yes, good point. Good point. I like that, uh, Glover. What do you think, mate? Yeah, pretty much the same point. It's not. It's not trying to. It's not trying to fit in with, so, so for instance, where Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian crossed over. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it worked for what it did, but it it was so that it was a different a different way to try and gel two shows together. The fact that this one did take its own path does stand out as its own thing, but does still fit into the Star Wars universe. I think it works. It, it gives it extra, extra credibility as a show, as a good story in its own right. And I think it will... Um, it will stand up well. And in terms of the others, yeah, I love Mandalorian. I really enjoyed Book of Boba Fett. I'm probably going to be one of those people that Andor sits above Kenobi for me in terms of um, mm-hmm. like the show itself, the storytelling, the way it was done, um, yeah. the overall scope of what, what happened, what went on, and how it feeds into the larger universe as well. Um, so, yeah, yeah, mm. I think it I think it is great. I think it That's- holds its own. That's a very good point, actually, with uh, Kenobi. We were, me and my missus were very, very pumped for Kenobi. Um, and I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. But I didn't expect Andor to overtake it. And to be honest, as much as I loved Kenobi, I loved every single episode, um, I Andor, every night that it was on, we were just so excited for it. Mm. Beyond beyond how we felt for Kenobi or, in fact, anything else for a long time. So, yeah, I um, and that surprised me because I was, I was actually really pumped for Kenobi. And that's not a negative reflection on Kenobi. No. It's just and or exceeded expectations significantly. Yeah, I hear that. And you can you can praise the other stuff and you can praise Andor um while still loving everything else, you know. It doesn't detract from the other shows because I've enjoyed all of them for what they are. Um I think in my in my personal rankings of the show so far, um just because I I adore the magic, I adore the mystery and just the 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 typical Star Wars isms in it. For me, the Mandalorian is still my favorite Star Wars show, and I th- and I think it will be for for a bit for a bit of time anyway. Um, just so many memories of that. There's that's not to say that maybe in the future Andor won't take its place. I'm not saying that. Just right now, Mandalorian's my favorite. Andor is probably my second favorite. Then I, I'm I'm tempted to say like it's maybe joint between Boba Fett and Kenobi. Wait, maybe Kenobi third, just about, and then Boba Fett fourth. Um, so Glover, with with you, you've you've mentioned you've kind of got a ranking. Where where what's your favorite? What's your least favorite out of those four at the moment? Uh, Mandalorian's still favorite for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, yeah. 
And then the rest of it kind of fluctuates, really. It depends. But uh, Mandalorian is top spot, without doubt. Yeah. And James, what about you? Is Because it sounds <laughs> like Andor could be... Yeah, okay. Andor. It goes Andor, Next Generation, and then uh, Mandalorian. <laughs> the Next Generation. <laughs> We're talking Star Trek, yeah? Can you smell that, James? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it smells like Pomfar in here. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I, I hope James kept kept t- telling me like, "Oh, you gotta watch Next Generation." I was like, "Yeah, no, I will. I will." Watched it, and I was like, "What? It? What is going on?" And James was like, "No, you've got to skip it, or you've got to skip like the first ten episodes or something." Mental. No, 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 no. I didn't skip the first ten episodes. I did say the first episode or the first two episodes are a bit of a trip. All right. I accept that, but it's okay. You know, it's, it's all good. I'm going to watch it. I am. I am going to continue. I did start, by the way, the the original series, Star Trek: The Original, oh, which series. is just fantastic. Yeah. yeah, it is good. It is really good. It is really, really good. Um, now, one thing I do think Andor sets um, itself apart from in in regards to the other Star Wars uh, TV projects is the use of practical sets and effects. I think they are a massive step up because i think the volume is an incredible piece of technology incredible piece of tech um that has been utilized best in something like the mandalorian and this is partly because someone like john favreau's pioneered it you know john favreau helped create this literally helped create this technology in the jungle book film which we mentioned before recording um and that helps having him just on set probably helps a lot I felt like you could see more of the volumes limitations in things like Kenobi and the Book of Boba Fett as as I watched them and as I've rewatched them. Um, for you guys, was it noticeable that Andor basically didn't use volume and used minimal effects where needed? Did you notice that much? Uh, I did significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the some of the ship effects in some of the other series were kind of uh, oh. world breaking. You know, it, it break it broke the the immersive experience. Kenobi, uh, and, man, oh. yeah. Andor was definitely more of a, a practical effects. Um, I forgot my wording. Forgot my wording. It, it definitely leaned on the practical effects far more, and that yeah. showed. Um, but also the attention to detail in the environments I thought was better because they weren't leaning on CGI. It's it's a bit lazy, isn't it, sometimes? Not that, you know, CGI isn't clever, not that it's easy, but it can be lazy because, you know, you just download a model, you, you skin it and you put it there in the background and that's it done. Whereas Andor, mm-hmm. because they were finding physical locations, they had to really think about it. But it means the attention to detail is far greater. Like the use of the Barbican, just as an example, was absolutely fantastic because it is absolutely in keeping with the like era of A New Hope. <laughs> so it just looks the part. And mm-hmm. that is just one of many examples um, that I think made it really successful. Yes. Yeah, good point. The Barbican Centre in uh, central London is what you're talking about, right? Like the, the, the yeah, building. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah, the the housing um, complex in central London. Yeah, it, unbelievable. Like, and, I, and a few years, if you'd told me, oh yeah, they're filming Styles in the Barbican, I would. All oh, right, really? How how are they going to use that? You know, they um, but it, Museum of London from there this week. Sorry, Museum of London's based just at the base of the Barbican. They moved it. I don't know where it's going, yeah. but it's closed now, so you can't go to that one anymore. Ah, right. Okay. Listeners. Well, there's no point going to either the British Museum soon either. They're getting rid of the Parthenon sculptures, but that's another story. Yeah. (laughs) There we go. So uh, back back, back to Star Wars. Back to Star Wars talk. Um, Andor obviously has come out in like autumn, late summer. autumn but it had a lot of competition going against it um we're talking like huge huge shows uh rings of power amazon studios um hbo's uh house of the dragon which is the game of thrones um prequel i think it is i don't watch it i think it's a prequel and she hulk even on on disney plus she hulk come out recently you know but not that long before and or i think there was a bit of a crossover so and or and i remember thinking this myself thinking oh man like you know and or gonna get swallowed up by all of this stuff um and disney i think correctly even moved the release date by a few weekends i believe um just so it wouldn't conflict too much with uh rings of power and house of the dragon which just went head to head they went toe to toe with each other and they i don't really know who came out victorious out of those two but out of those shows right and i appreciate all of us here we haven't seen all of those shows but we're aware of kind of like the um the impact on pop culture that they've had, how do you think Andor has measured up to those sort of like huge pop culture giants? Glover, what do you think, mate? I think they had, um, so that the other shows had, a, not so much She-Hulk, but um, the Rings of Power and House of the Dragon had a lot more marketing power. Mm-hmm. They had a lot more in terms of in your face, this is coming out, this is happening. Um, mm-hmm. But, Outside of that, I think Andor has still held its own. It still had enough talk going on about it uh, online. Um, it still built up enough hype. Um, I, I mean, I don't know what the numbers are, what the statistics are behind everything, but mm. from from where I'm sat, I think that Andor definitely performed well enough. It's getting another season. We know that much. Um, that story is continuing. So I don't think it was swamped in terms of how it could have been. Plus as well, Andor was on Disney Plus, so everybody's got Disney Plus. Not everybody's necessarily got Prime or what was um, House of Dragon, like HBO or uh, something. Sky in the UK. Sky, yeah. well, so not everyone's got, got that. Um, so I, I just think it's probably a mixed bag, but I don't think Andor did get swamped despite the marketing power of the other shows. No, no, I don't think so too. Um, James, what what do you think on that? Yeah, like, did you notice? Yeah, yeah it's interesting. So obviously the other shows, you know, big budget, projects, massive marketing exercises, and or from my perspective, almost had nothing. Uh, I was not aware, um, mm-hmm. other than the fact that, you know, my brother's a Star Wars geek and keeps on telling me about it, I wouldn't necessarily know, whereas yeah. the other shows have been beaten around the face with it every five minutes. But interestingly, the best form of marketing is like a passive marketing, that sort of word of mouth that just comes from something just being good. 
And that's probably what won it for Andrew in the end, because as it began to build up traction, whereas the other shows maybe got negative press where expectation would be built up so so much over a long period of time, there was mm. so little expectation for what Andor was going to be. And people then enjoyed it. It just, you were beginning to see articles pop up saying, hey, this, this Star Wars show's pretty good. Might be the best mm. one of the lot. Um, and that's a very positive thing to see for a Star Wars project in an environment that's usually quite critical. Um, yeah. So I think it is that word of mouth that they won over. Um, it, it may have even been, uh, it may have been budget run, you know, Disney financial institution at the end of the day. They may have budget-wise just kept the marketing back um, because we know they threw marketing at things like Mando and so on. Um, or maybe they thought, well, this is more niche. We're going to just have to let the people decide. Um, either way, the show spoke out for itself. And now if you go online, it is the waves of positive articles about it that really stand out for it. Do you yeah. know what, as well, like to add to that, I think out, out of, let's just say, um, so what was it? She-Hulk, Rings of Power and uh, House of the Dragon and Andor, right? So out of the four as well, you could you could approach Andor without knowing Star Wars, without any Star. It doesn't. You don't need to be a Star Wars fan or know Star Wars because it's got its own thriller, Blade Runner esque. Is it science fiction? Is it fantasy? It's not so much fantasy. It's more this. So it, it's got its own kind of pull in that respect. Whereas mm -hmm. House of the Dragon, if you're going to watch it, if you're a Games of Thrones fan, uh, Rings of Power again, you're coming to that from Lord of the Rings perspective. She Hulk because you're bored and you've got nothing better to do. Um, but, but Andor, yeah, I mean, that that is one that you could approach, not necessarily even knowing about Star Wars, which yeah. I think is a, is an extra selling point and an extra thing that will keep it living longer. I would yeah. agree to that. I've recommended Andor to people that I know are not into Star Wars. I've got a mate, Joshy Boy, who does not watch Star Wars, not watched any of them. Um, uh, but I said, you know what, Andor, you might really enjoy that. And I said, you don't need to know anything about Star Wars. Don't need to, really. No. Um, and you'll probably enjoy it. And I yeah. think that's even the strength of something like The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian was consciously written so that if you've never seen Star Wars before, that's fine. It's going to give you that Star Wars flavor and it will give you a, a, a an adventure as a story, the hero's journey. And I feel like with um, Andor, it's like that, except you're just getting a different flavor of what Star Wars can be. And it's worth noting, Star Wars, like, it still had, like, Andor still had some Star Wars flavor in it. Like, you know, the the penultimate episode had those weird, like, aliens and stuff. And that's something that I was, like, a little bit critical of in Andor. And I still think in places there could have been a couple more aliens. That's simple, right? Like on the heist, on the heist, we just saw people for three episodes. I think maybe just a, a, a smidge of more, a galaxy far, far away diversity would have helped that a little bit. But at the end of the day, if that, if that out of everything is my criticism, then that's not bad going, is it? That's still a really good story, a solid story. And it's not always practical, and there's probably in-universe reasons for that. You could say, well, when the Empire took over, aliens were more oppressed. That's true. That's canonical. Um, so, the, yeah, I, I think overall, Andor's been a success. 
and I think I've loved it. It has, James, you said earlier, it has a cult following. I, I believe that. There are some people here on the interwebs that believe like, yeah, hang on, Andor is maybe the best thing in Star Wars since The Empire Strikes Back. There is a lot of people that firmly believe that. I don't know if I def- if I concur with that completely, but I think it's definitely one of the best. And it's just amazing that we've had, on paper, so much Star Wars material in the last few years, right? Since Mando, since we've kind of pivoted the IP onto Disney+. Plus. And streaming, you know, you've had cartoons, you've had Star Wars Visions, you've had four, four live-action series. And that doesn't even really take into consideration that you've had, like, a second season of Mandalorian. That's five individual seasons of Star Wars live-action content. That's a lot of Star Wars. We could easily be thinking, do you know what, that's too much. But it doesn't necessarily feel like that. Because something like Andor's come along and it's completely different to what we're used to. And so I'm almost looking forward to going back to something like Mandalorian. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, to me, it just feels like a win-win. Is that, that, that's how I feel. And, and yeah. in turn, Star Wars feels like it's in a really good place. And if nothing else, Andor is a slow SQL statement, so... <laughs> That's a geek joke there. There will be some, there will be a couple of your listeners, like three people, sniggering at that. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's right, he's right. Excellent. Hi, I'm Ken Napsok, author of Why We Love Star Wars, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. Right, that was a spicy chit-chat uh, all on Andor Season 1. Thoroughly enjoyed that. We got some great opinions from everyone. But uh, now it's time for us to get your opinions, as we do each week. Um, and w- there's only one place to do that, and that is in the Bantina, shall we? Can I offer you a libation? To celebrate the closing of our shared narrative. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? Anthony, give me the spiciest drink you've got. Pour me another Park Kellen sling. Where are you going, Master? For a drink? Oh, yeah, let's have a drink. We're in a bantina. Uh, yeah, mate. Um, to kick us off this week in the bantina, it's our boy. Anthony Sarango. Let's hear it. Hey, Matt and Luke. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope everything's going great across the pond, especially during this World Cup. You know how we get as, uh, you know, football slash soccer fans around the world. You know, it gets crazy. But I digress. I know you guys spoke about the Endor finale last, uh, you know, last episode, and it was just... Wow. Uh, after watching this series and going through it, you know, every single week and then on, on top of that, watching the finale four times. And I mean it four times. I watched it four times. The first time I couldn't, you know, process everything because it was like four o'clock in the morning when I watched it. But the, the next three times over, every single time it has brought tears to my eyes as a Star Wars fan, but also as a, you know, just as a person in general, because I don't know what it is about Marva Andor's speech. 
you just want to get up and fight like you want to get up and fight the empire as soon as she's done and you feel the exact you know the feeling that you get throughout that scene is you know reminiscent of the times that we live in now as much as we don't want to say it that it is but it is it is just something about it just like hits you in a different you know in a different way because of the times that we're living now but also i watched (laughs) i watched the finale three times three times in english and the last time in spanish just to hear how different it would be and as a person who is you know latin american listen to it in spanish is just it hits on a different note that i you know again cried every single time i cried even more in Sp- when it was in spanish but um again it's just the way they did everything the cinematography the the acting um especially that wide shot with everybody coming through it was i i can't even begin to talk about how happy i was just seeing you know the amount of effort and work that they put into all these sets and also the whole show the show as a whole and it makes me a you know a long time Star Wars fan very happy when they do that. But in general, I'm always excited for when there's other Star Wars stuff in the works. But I know this is a long one. I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. And I hope everyone else that's listening has enjoyed it as much as I have enjoyed it. Thank you so much for sending that through, Anthony, mate. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic to hear that, especially that speech um, hit different in spanish that's really really good to hear obviously there's a lot of um spanish latino influences in Andor, anyway as a series um but that's especially good and uh yeah great shout with the world cup mate i'm pretty sure in the background there i can hear a world cup game <laughs> on in the background so hope you're enjoying it anthony mate thank you for the the uh the lovely message mate powerful message um glover what else are people saying over on the Instagrams? So, from Instagram, we've got a comment from Twin Sons Collecting. Just wonderful. Not many shows give me goosebumps, and even fewer manage to give me goosebumps every single week. The acting, mm-hmm. the writing, the directing, the music, the effects, the costumes, the sets, everything about the production was stunning. So excited for season two. And there's also another comment from Sir Cabbage himself. What did Spock find in Kirk's toilet? The captain's log. <laughs> Liam Collect says, perfect. Just needed a few more weirdos. Imo, period. Liked the tone. Wouldn't want it for every show. Now, for other people of my uh, era, uh, I googled Imo and it means in my opinion. <laughs> Thanks. You didn't know that. You didn't know that, James. So, I'll do another one then, shall I? We'll ignore your comment. So, Sean Scalthorpe, really loved the show. The set was awesome. Uh, The sets, sorry, were awesome. And the character base was first class. Like a stamp. There we go. There we go. Thank you so much, everyone, um, for your comments on Instagram. Over on the Twitter, um, next to the aisle, says, in an impressive production with great storytelling and acting across the board. Uh, the second series cannot come soon enough. Gordon Brown says, it's top tier TV. Never mind top Star Wars. Going to be a long wait for season two. Yeah, by the way, guys, season two is in like 2024. 
Like, it is a while away, even though they're making season two right now in, like, Pinewood Studios and Wales. Wow. 2024. Wow. That is a wait. Do you think that's too long, or do you think that's all right? I suppose 2023 is around the corner, but... Yeah, we've got a few things coming out next year anyway, haven't we? So it's yeah, not we like have. we're left for a year with nothing. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, Samir uh, Ketkar says, best Star Wars of the Disney era by leaps and bounds. Also the best TV show of the year. Um, Glover, I just want to I want to check with you because our patron, our patrons, our Patreon members will know that we've chatted a lot about lots of different shows. But for you, where does Andor sit with your best shows of the year? Top three. Top, Top three. three? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's a good answer. Yeah, top mate. three, yeah, definitely. So I, I wouldn't, yeah, yeah, top three. Top three, I like it, mate. And then last but not least, George Thomas says, truly Star Wars for thinking people that quickly revealed itself to be one of the best series thus far. Oh, um, I like your comment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, I, I, see, I see where he's coming from. But also... I want to caveat that by saying if you didn't like Andor and if it wasn't for you, it doesn't mean that you're ne- ne- not necessarily a thinking person. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you don't like it, maybe you just don't like it. Maybe it's just, just not. Just means you're a mouth breather. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> fine. That's fine. <laughs> right. Right. Thank you so much to everyone who sent in their comments on Instagram and Twitter. It's great to see everyone's opinion. Generally, it's been really positive. Um, and I, I, I'm kind of not surprised by that. Like what we've said, Andor has got its critics. And if you disagree with what we've said, let us know. Um, we welcome all sorts of opinions and thoughts on that. Uh, but above all, thank you so much. And uh, what does Matty Boy say to close out this bit? He's like, oh, thanks. Um, Thanks for the drink, bartender. Uh, that's been our time in the bit of a bantina. Or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. This is madness. The best podcast you've ever heard Star Wars Sessions on the mic is quite absurd Got a Patreon now with lots of tears From $2 a month is all it is Best podcast Hello there Best podcast Best podcast Roger, roger Best podcast That's right, people, from as little as $2 a month for less then a cup of coffee at a coffee shop. You can listen to amazing content, extra shows from both Matt and I, and a cheeky podcasts. Honestly, this is the deal of the century. Nice, spicy, tidy. Patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. It's the best podcast you've ever heard. Star Wars Sessions on the mic is quite absurd. Got a Patreon now with lots of tears. From $2 a month is all it is. Best podcast. Best podcast. Best podcast. Best podcast.
best podcast. That's right, spiciest part of the bit about Bantina. Um, it's the Patreon question section. Lads, um, this is a mental part of the show. And Paul Mulholland is asking this week's only Patreon question. He asks, what minor character do you think deserves to have their story told? I would like to learn more about Broom Boy. Uh, I feel he was teased as the future of the Force, only to be discarded in the fallout from The Last Jedi. So obviously Broom Boy appeared at the end of Episode 8, um, and I loved his appearance in that. I thought it was fantastic. But there's loads of minor characters throughout Star Wars, and you could maybe argue, I mean, he's not exactly minor, minor, but Andor, you know, wasn't exactly, you know, like a main front and centre character in Rogue One, was he? But he ended up getting his own series, and it's worked very, very well, in our opinion. Um, Glover, are there any characters that you can think of in Star Wars, minor characters? that would really benefit from their story being told further? No, if, if I'd have been asked that question without how the question was worded, I probably would have said Broom Boy because I quite like um, that. Just the way they mm. left that character, the way they left that open. But then again, part of why I like that is because the way they left that open, does it need to be expanded on this question? Mm. Or isn't it? Sometimes mm. the, the little bit that leaves you to make your own story, you, you know, like an artist, artists that don't put every single detail into the painting, you, you put your own details into the painting, it becomes a bit of painting as a result, more often than not. Um, so it's, it's a difficult one, really, uh, just just because I can't pick Broom Boy, Watto, <laughs> or Sebulba. A pod racing, a pod racing series. I actually yeah. think you could do that. I'm not even joking. You could, you could approach that from different angles. You could do it as like kids, like, like Fast and Furious series. pod racer edition. You could even do it as a. I'm not joking. Set it on a different Tatooine planet. drift. Tatooine <laughs> drift. I mean, it's right. Sorry, our car beats. Yeah, there we go. There we go, James. What, what, what would you say, mate? Are there any minor characters in Star Wars that? you think deserve to have their story told the wild misadventures of Wicket's cousins <laughs> <laughs> is that Willow by any chance no it's not it's yeah Wicket's cousins <laughs> I'm joking I'm joking mate because Willow obviously oh mate come on James like so, Nah, nah, man. It'd be it'd be wicked and his cousins like out causing trouble. Out like scallywags, young scallywags, you know, yeah. knocking on Mister Johnson's door and leaving something on his doorstep, you know. It's like, <laughs> the antics, you, you know, it's world building, isn't it? It's world building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true, actually. That's true. Know, I really the like that. hours on Ewok hunt and how scary that is. You could easily do a horror film with the Ewoks from a stormtrooper's perspective. Yeah, that's true. Well, Ewok Hunt, mate, Star Wars Battlefront 2, yeah. 2017, absolute fire, that game. It is on Xbox Game Pass. Um, we should play that. I, 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 yeah. We should seriously play that. That game mode is ridiculously fun. In lockdown, I played that for hours and hours and hours. Um, yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Sometimes um, you play it on the Xbox. <laughs> hey? <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, mate, it's just a joke. You, it missed a moment. <laughs> I think he was referring to you always arrange to play games. And when it actually 
comes around now and then turns up. <laughs> No, no, they weren't referring to that. It was just it was the way it was, uh, I spent hours playing Ewok Hunt, and it's like, yeah, and sometimes you even played it on the Xbox, like he went yeah, out in the street um, hunting for Ewoks, you know. I was just, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's oh, the joke, oh, I missed it. I missed the joke. What Don't was worry, it, Men of Eve? How is it, Men of Eve? We plan to play games and no one turns up. How was that? Luke, Anything weekly, like that? Weekly, mate, weekly we plan. It never happens. It used to happen. It did used to happen. Good times. In, in lockdown. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, we need to prioritise more gaming. I think there's one more Patreon question left, though. I think it's for Glover. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, please, mate. How many ears does Picard have? <laughs> How many? Three. A right ear, a left ear, and a final frontier. <laughs> Well, James, you just boldly went where no one's ever gone before. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, well, here, I'm here. Well, um, Paul. Paul Mulholland, mate. Thank you for your question. Um, Glover and James. I, I like James's answer the best, I think. Um, but I think if there's a minor character that, to be honest, needs their story told, and I don't know if this even necessarily needs to be in live action... Um, or animated, maybe. And you're going to be shocked to hear this from me, maybe even as a book or something. Um, but I'd love to see this person more in live action, possibly. Mandoverse, uh, Lawson Tecker. Um, obviously, the actor who played him, his name escapes me. I think he's passed away, sadly. Um, but he's a really important character at the start of The Force Awakens. He gives Poe Dameron... Uh, the map to Luke Skywalker, which then goes, you know, in turn to the rest of the Resistance, and we're able to find Luke at the end of the film. Um, I think he's a super interesting character. He obviously believes in the Force, he believes in the light side, believes in Princess Leia, you know, her being royalty in that. I think there's a lot of room for a really cool story um, in there. Uh, Lawson Tecker. But no, great question there, Paul. Um, this week, lads, that is the only Patreon question. So Paul has graced us with with a bad boy. Um, but thank you for playing along, lads. And uh, on to the next bit of the show. Ladies and gentlemen. It's the Star Wars Sessions game! Goom! That's right, it is um, of course my turn to host this week's game because Glover and James don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing here. Um, but boys, we're going to play a little game together. It's a classic. Um... And really, I need one of you guys to do us a favor. You know, there's that thing, Glover. I know for a fact Glover knows how to do this. I'm not convinced that James knows how to do this. Do you know how to dial someone's phone and hide your number? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just because he do not want to do it, that's what it is. Just because what? He don't want to do it, does he? He don't want to ring up someone. James, James definitely knows he's a shady guy. I, well, the the game is we're going to ring up Callum and we're going to um, we're going to prank call him, mate. That's the game. That is that is everything that we need to do. 
this week. That's a brilliant idea. Yeah. How do you hide? Yeah. The, how do you hide the number? Hide my number, UK. Right. To withhold your number on individual calls, just dial one four one before the telephone number you want to call. There we go. Dial one four one, and um, you're going to ring Callum. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to be um, a researcher for EA. You're from an. He's e- going to know my voice. Well, you, that's why you've got to put on an accent, mate. Or, or James can do it. You have to get no, creative. No, my voice is too distinct. <laughs> you will know that it's me. Right, go on, Luke. A researcher for Glover. Glover, can you do? Can you do? Can you do a voice <clears throat> for us? Do you think you'll be able to get away with it? I mean, I'll, I'll, let me think for a minute. Yeah. Maybe try and be American or something. Or Canadian. Or Hello. South African. <laughs> Hello. South African. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hello. Hello, my name's Glover. Hello, my name... Your name so can be like Matthew. What is the deal? What, what am I calling from? Who am I? Well, well, okay. So you're from a, like, an independent um, research... I don't know, like um practice or like agency research agency and you're doing work on behalf of ea to see if callum would consider purchasing uh the new jedi survivor game that's coming out next year okay it's, it's, easy enough, work, like, it's just like a survey thing just to see if he's yeah, gonna... just a survey mate just a survey mate and your name has to be um i don't know like what david or something hello it's david <laughs> uh, um, so you have to be careful doing accents though. I don't want to offend people what you're doing a South African accent mate it's alright it's not um channel your inner Elon right let's call now so it's dial 141 and yeah that's it you're just oh on loudspeaker yeah so he can't hear us He's not going to pick up, is he? No. <laughs> Hello? Hello, mate. Is that Callum? Yeah, this is Callum. Hello, mate. I'm calling from EA. EA Games? From where? EA Games? Why didn't he just go with it, man? I'll, I'll try again. Let me get myself. Let me, uh, <laughs> let me get myself together. Could you hear him? <laughs> He's just going, EA what? EA what? Did he? I hung up because I started laughing. I wanted, I want to see it through. If he had just gone, oh, EA Games, I could have carried on. But because he, he kept saying, what? He's throwing me off. Right. <laughs> right, let's try again. Yeah. Person you're calling, is on another line. Oh, he's on another line. Do you think he hung up on me? Keep, keep going. Keep going. Give him one more. <clears throat> give him a hat trick. Give, give him a hat trick. From EA.
Evan, is he? No, he's not having it, mate. We can try someone else, maybe. Can't take your call, right? We'll try someone else. Should we try James? Should we try um, Josh P, who lives near you? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. We'll try him because I don't even think you know him, Glover. I don't know. Hang on. I'm, I'm typing in his number now. Hang on. Oh, that's a shame of Kellen. <clears throat> I know. That would have been special, mate. And Six you don't nine. have to put on a voice for Josh P because he doesn't know you. Who, who's calling true. him? Who's calling him? Jo- Glover, you, mate. I need his number then. I've I'm just not put it in an accent this time then. I've just put it. I've just put it in the um, chat. D- don't read it out, obviously. But I'm, I'm not put silly, it mate. Come on. Oh <laughs> <laughs> seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So you're a researcher. You're a marketing marketing researcher. Hello. Hello. Is that Josh? Hello, I'm calling from EA Games. I'm a marketing researcher. I was just calling oh, yeah. to see if you planned on um, buying the new Star Wars Jedi Survivor game. No, I don't. Where's that? It's just, I don't have time to game anymore. <laughs> N- not even Star Wars? No, I'm too busy for everything, man. I don't play Ask him what his I issue like is. I, make, um, I upgrade Japanese cars, and that's all I play. Upgrade <laughs> Japanese cars? That's all I do. That's the only game I play. What's your favourite? If you'd be interested in upgrading uh, uh, aesthetics on a, on a Star Wars video game. Would, would, would you be interested in upgrading the aesthetics on a Star Wars video game? Uh, no, I'm alright. Why is that? Why is that? If I'm being honest. <laughs> I just don't have the time. I'm a busy man. Be <laughs> like, what if we paid you? What if you paid me? Um, I mean... In, in Republican credits, of course. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm alright then, man. I'm all good. Thank you, though. Okay, take awesome. care. <laughs> Easy. Yeah, I didn't want to wind him up too much, because he's inevitably <laughs> going to find out it's me. <laughs> Inevitably, mate. Well done, Glover. You did really well there, mate. That was really good. I think next time we'll get you to do the South African accent with someone else, mate. Oh, we need to get Callum. I, I'm gutted. He, he threw me, because he kept saying, what? Oh, that was it. I broke. <laughs> Yeah, and you go, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, had to, I just had to keep it as a rolling script, and then I could have kept myself <laughs> together. But yeah, there you go. oh, there we go. Well, that is uh, this week's show, boys. That is this week's show. Thank you so much for being guest hosts, uh, James and Glover. Uh, it's been it's been fantastic. It's been really special. Um, as with all of the Star Wars Sessions episodes, you can find us on any podcast platform, but you can search for us online. Go to starwarsessions.co.uk. Uh, go and find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, social media, the lot. Just search Star Wars Sessions and we will be there. Drop us a message to our email. Hello there at starwarsessions.co.uk. Dot UK. Uh, don't forget about our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. Um, all reviews are welcome. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Maybe leave a little Star Trek um, hint in there, Easter egg in there for James. And maybe James can read it out for us next time, eh, mate? Absolutely. And uh, don't forget to tell everyone about us. Tell your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum. Tell your dad. Tell your mates. Tell your cats. Tell your Ewok. Tell your cousin. The more, the merrier. The Kessel spicier. You know it. You know this is the podcast you're looking for. And until next time, 
may the force be with you always and live long and prosper (laughs) (laughs) they are Essex based podcast heroes Just think of my Jim Carrey doing the floor. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's Jake. That Jake who like ends up stepdadding his kid. He's like, oh, the claw's going to get you. The claw's going to get you. But it's like really like, what? <laughs>